Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. I heard from my uh, colleague and great friend Charles Adler. You're here on the Chorus Radio Network every day, Monday to Friday. And uh, so Charles and I have been trying to get this put together so we can be on the air together. And what I want to do is, first of all, thank you for being such a great friend. You stood beside me at the most difficult time in my life, and I'll never forget that. So thank you for that. But you also have a great personal investment in the story of small business, Charles. So I'm going to turn off my microphone and just turn it over to you. Well, one of the reasons that uh, I stood by you is because of the value system uh, that I got from my dad uh, in terms of standing by members of family, friends, uh, acquaintances, and, of course, customers. Uh, customers uh, got to know uh, my dad's heart very well. Yes, he was a, a tailor. He knew how to sew their clothes uh, properly. And when there were hems to raise or lower, he knew how to do that. And when there were uh, pants to tighten or expand, he knew all that. He knew all of that. But the only reason that people came within miles and miles and miles to have him do their dry cleaning and pressing and tailoring and all the rest of it wasn't because of his basic skills. It was because of his enormous heart. And he had the heart of a small business person, a family business person. He never counted the hours that he worked, but it was never 40. Uh, I dare say it was never 60. It was, I don't think, anything less than 80 hours. He was absolutely committed, and uh, so was uh, yours truly. Uh, I was... uh, the first born and the second born wasn't until 13 years after me. So it was my, my dad and I helped as much as possible. And I can't remember how young I was when I first started to help. But my guess is it was six or seven when I did many, many chores at the store. I basically lived at the store. And one of the chores included loading coal, coal believe it or not, coal into the boiler that we needed to have for the, for the steam press. And many, many years later, I was at McGill University telling my professor about that. My professor said that <laughs> my dad should be investigated for, for child labor. And I, I told my professor that he should be investigated for academic malfeasance. Now, my professor wasn't, you know, uh, a bad person, and he didn't say it uh, to be malicious. But I couldn't handle the idea of anyone criticizing my pop, uh, Mike Adler, for anything. He's the guy that put me in the backpack and, and got me to Hungary and uh, helping to load the, the boiler and deliver clothes on my bicycle and do everything else I did around the store. It was the least I could do. I never felt I could ever do anything, uh, any, anything uh, to, to repay him for, for giving me my, my freedom as he did. But in terms of family business, I have sometimes over the years reflected about uh, tax policy in this country. And I remember what taxes were like when my dad was paying them. He got a, a you know meager meager amount of money. I'm sure he didn't make any more money in his small business uh, than he did work as a as a factory worker. But he was his own person, and, and that's what meant everything to him. But when I think about the taxes and and all of the expenses uh, that are added to it, everything that Dan Kelly talks about so eloquently, I'm positive that if uh, this was the day that my dad was trying to operate, as opposed to the the 60s and 70s. I think he, too, would unfortunately have to, to close his door and, and go out of business. And my life and the lives of those who depended on my dad and, of course, the customers who got serviced by him would have been missing out on, on something fantastic. I can't honestly uh, ever say that I'm, I'm glad that my father is no longer with us. That seems too absurd. But I am so glad that my dad is not dealing with today's pressures.
a real connection of the heart for you. And, and you know, in a, in a, not in the same way, because I didn't have that experience, your experience, but listening to small business owners over this last year particularly, reading the emails, having conversations off the, off the air, hearing a 73-year-old garage owner in Calgary in tears on the air, and then later on when I called him at home that evening in tears again, it brings everything into such a sharp focus because these are the people, your dad and the small business communities, and when you look at small towns, that's the core. These are the people who are the salt of the earth, the people who are there for their friends and their neighbors, whose entrepreneurial efforts are directed toward their neighbors. It cannot be replaced by something that is square, has 50 cash registers, and 600 carts, shopping carts. Well, Roy, the thing is that, you know, first of all, I don't think people ever perceive governments to be corporations. Uh, they just they just don't, you know. But the fact is, it's, you know, Canada, it's, it's the government of Canada is a massive, massive corporation, as is the government of Ontario, and you go on uh, down the list, including our various cities. And I just think that, and I, I'm not, I don't have a, a degree informing me about this, so this is just uh, my gut, uh, you know, after all these years of, of, of experience and meeting all kinds of people. Uh, the, 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 the corporations that are the governments of the day, they relate to, to the guys with the thousands of shopping carts. You know, they relate to corporations. Yes. They yeah. don't relate to small family businesses. And politically, they're inconsequential to them because their attitude is they would much rather, I'm talking about governments, the governments would, would much rather be on the side of people who line up in the thousands of the Costco's and the Walmarts. Uh, you know, they don't want to be ticking those people off. But uh, those people who are fans of the moms and pops, those dying moms and pops, that's not a real big risk for government. Certainly not in the not in the not in the cities and the suburbs. When you talk about your father working not forty hours, maybe not sixty, more like eighty. So it was a daily uh, labor of love and a daily battle to survive that you participated in directly, child labor notwithstanding. Absolutely, I did, and uh, I, I know that people say that, you know, whether it's what you do, I do, what my dad did, when we say it's not work, it's, it's a calling, it's, it's our passion, this is what we do, it, it gives us a, a reason to live and all that. I know that a lot of people absolutely dismiss that because they're just, you know, sort of thinking about, you know, punching the clock and all that. My dad punched the clock for several years. He never wanted to punch the clock again. He wanted to punch out the clock. He didn't want to be working for somebody. He wanted to be working for himself. Did he end up working more hours? Absolutely. But it was different. He worked. He was working for the family business. He had a direct relationship with the customers. It was never a cold thing for him. It was, as as I mentioned about broadcasting, it was it was my dad's calling. I, you know, his happiest moments were either you know behind that sewing machine making sure that the customer got what the customer wanted and and then some and of course fitting the customer and then having the conversations with the customer where he would regale them with magnificent stories and some of them responded in kind you couldn't do that in factory labor you couldn't do that when you're working uh, for somebody uh, yeah he was there for all those hours but many of those hours were his social hours they were his social life he socialized with the customers inside the store hard for many people who are 
you know, living in exclusively the Walmart era, the Costco era to relate to it. But uh, for those people who grew up with mom and pops, that's the way it was. You know, I, uh, about a month ago, went to a little tailor shop at the end of my street. And uh, I hadn't gone there before. But because of what was going on, I felt I wanted to. And I, Charles, I had an experience. I walked into the store. Right away, we were on first-name basis. And the tailor paid attention to what I needed. Um, you know, one leg's always a little longer than the other because we're not born perfect. Half an inch here, half an inch there. He made everything perfect. And we had a great conversation. And now, on two occasions, I've gone in just to talk to him. And then I brought in something else. And I have a relationship with this man now. My, my father didn't uh, just uh, serve his customers. My father loved his customers. Mm-hmm. And they loved him. There were times they would confide in him. And I, that happened often when my dad asked me to go to either to the back of the store to take a walk because, you know, <laughs> Johnny or Mary or somebody needed to share yeah. some stuff with him. For goodness sake, sometimes they, they treated him like the priest yeah. at confession. It My friend, you're going to appreciate this, I know. Um, I'm six seconds away from a heartbreak. So thank you so much. Uh, thank you for what you did for me. And thank you for what you're doing for everybody. And you're caring for the small business community. Thanks for sharing this today. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.